Hey everyone, another episode of the Faultline Social Podcast. Today our guest was Will Levy, a guitarist from the band A Story So Far. And today Will's going to talk us through how he ended up joining the band, uh, life on tour, songwriting processes with the band, and also he's going to talk to us about his other projects, Cold Moon, uh, where he plays bass, and uh, that's got some music coming out for it real soon. So uh, yeah, look out for that. Thanks again to Will for doing this, and uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this one. Cheers. Cool. I did. I didn't. I did nothing. <laughs> like actually nothing. Sometimes it just works out like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever setting I was fucking with last night was working out for the microphone. Um, how are you? How's how's it there on the West Coast? I, you are West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, the Bay Area still uh, of California. Uh, it's strange. <laughs> so, no. is that with regards to lockdown and? all that kind of stuff it's I don't, it's like a weird lockdown because things just kind of like reopened like oh, really? two weeks ago oh okay <sighs> i don't know about this tell me what's what's kind of what's changed uh recently for you guys then <laughs> i'm still home every day <laughs> uh well we can do outdoor dining and outdoor bars and I think I think the way that like breweries or bars get away with it is that you have to serve food. So there's that. I still haven't gone out yet because I'm not making any money. Right. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I can't really spend my money. Um, and it just feels weird, man. It's just so like awkward and like it's just awkward. I don't feel like going out and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of there's still a, a bit of a doom cloud hanging over um a little bit yeah yeah i was gonna say the the outdoor thing that's okay and on the west coast when you know <laughs> with beautiful sunshine you tried to do that in england i think people would be like nah yeah <laughs> uh, we're in here. england where in england are you from or are so, you well at? i'm well i'm based in birmingham oh um, awesome mainly. so yeah yeah oh, yeah um yeah everything obviously has been like pretty um yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty locked down for a while now over here. It's pretty so. quiet over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, my job when I'm not doing this is I work in, in food service. I'm a chef. So, yeah, oh, it's, been, it's been a while, man, since uh, I've had to cook anything uh, for a member of the public. But, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm actually – I really want to get back to it, man. I'm, I'm kind of – you know, I'm really wanting to do something uh, again with my time, man. But, yeah. I feel the same way, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah. with that in mind, let's get into it. Cool. You have Sounds played great. in the story so far for many a year now. Um, that's what you're kind of best known for. But we'll get into some other stuff that you've been doing. There's, there's Cold Moon is the um, the project where you play bass, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. play bass. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Uh, so, but before we get into all that, going all the way back uh, to your very early days, you know, we want to kind of find out how did you really you know, first get into music? What was your introduction to playing? Um, you know, how, how did it all kind of start out for you? Uh, so I don't know what age exactly, but I mean, my, my dad plays guitar. Um, so there were always guitars, you know, on, on the guitar rack in the family room growing up. And there was always Beatles and the who and, and the stones always playing. You know, I, I have, really really fond memories of just like listening to uh beatles one like their greatest hits as a kid and just like blasting and just sitting in front of the speakers and just like <laughs> cranking it which probably 
uh, adds to my my horrible hearing these days. But, yeah, I wouldn't um, have done it any favors. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Uh, so that was my first like exposure to music, uh, and then my dad playing, and he was always in like cover bands. Um, you know, through through the school I went to, there was like a, a good community of of you know families, and you know, sure enough, hey, we'll, we'll start a band. And so, my first gigs were like you know, pasta feeds or like this church thing. And, and my dad's up there rocking out playing Beatles songs uh, or Eagles or whatever, mostly classic rock. Uh, so that's like my really like step one of music was just, it was in my house, man. And then sure enough, my oldest brother starts playing piano and singing. Then the next brother's playing drums and I'm playing bass and then guitar. And so next thing you know, it's just like, turns into a hobby yeah for sure man big musical family it always seems to be dad like dad rock like definitely gets people started um i'm all about dad rock dude. yeah i love yeah. it because it's, it's so accessible it. right but there's a reason why that music is like kind of stood the test of time and you know people still uh, listen to it right yeah i guess so man uh, it's weird because the older i get the more i really like dive back into it like nowadays i don't really know I'm not really on top of current music, but with like all this time on my hands, I'm like, you know, diving into ELO and I've never really listened to ELO, but I've heard it my whole life, but I've never spent time trying to just listen and appreciate it for what it is. You know, think things like that. Um, yeah, it's really accessible. <laughs> And it's an easy excuse to like get get the family out of the house. We're gonna go and see this concert, and you know, I was, my parents were taking me to see like Fleetwood Mac when I was nine or ten at like the big pavilion, the outdoor amphitheaters, and so that that exposure was like pretty pretty early on for me. Yeah, for sure, man. Like there is, yeah, as as you say, like it's so accessible. You can like take your kid to that kind of stuff, that <laughs> concert, and they'll probably find something that they that they like in it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. obviously, you know, you said your brothers played, your dad played. Sounds like you know, musical family music was always there. It's kind of um, mm-hmm. you know an option for you, which is which is really cool. Um, so you did you pick up the guitar first, or did you uh, try some other stuff in, in between? Or man, I know guitar was just kind of there. Uh, right but I want to say my first lessons were on bass. Okay. Yeah. I think that was the first time where it was like, okay, we're going to go. My parents are going to pay for these lessons. But I I was like, everyone played guitar. And I went, I went to like a super small school and even, you know, out of 30 kids, there was at least one or two other guitar players. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play bass. Uh, And then somewhere down the road, I switched. Um, And just completely forgot, (laughs) forgot (laughs) my, uh, my foundation. Well, it's a good foundation to have, you know, there's that, I mean, that that classic thing, I just say like a bass is just, you know, a guitar with less strings, but obviously it's like, no, it's, it's not as simple as that, obviously, you know, we'll know know it's not, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably every guitarist should play the bass because, you know, I think it gives you like, if nothing else, that kind of rhythmic foundation that's like actually very important. And you play rhythm in the band, right? So that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I play rhythm guitar. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but once I like picked up bass over the last couple of years, I like quickly realized they are very very different instruments, like you were saying. And I had to like strip everything back to day one, and I really had to listen. Um, I think that was the biggest like 
learning curve was listening to the drums and kick and snare specifically. Uh, whereas guitar, I'm mean, just strumming along and for the most part, I can get away with it. But if you're not in the pocket on bass, it's really obvious. So I, uh, I had, I had some, some trouble relearning all that or learning it at, at the age that I'm at. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So you're obviously surrounded, uh, as you kind of said, by a lot of music growing up, um, and you kind of had your early gigs and experiences kind of in family settings and, and things like that. So when mm-hmm. did it become something more of a hobby for you then uh, when you were kind of playing in bands when you were younger? Was there kind of a moment, like some kind of formative moment? Was it a gig perhaps or, you know, a band you were in that kind of wanted you to propel it to that next level? Uh, uh, yeah, I played a, in seventh grade, so I was probably 11 years old. I played the talent show at my school. Uh, and I sang on acoustic guitar with a friend, uh, Taken Back Sunday's Cute Without the E. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah, and like, man, I grew up as a total jock too. Like, I would show up to like, it was crazy. I would show up to like guitar lessons or bass lessons like in my baseball gear, like full on the baseball pants, cleats, and I would go from lesson to baseball practice or vice versa. And I played that talent show and like it clicked and I was like, fuck sports, fuck being a jock. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. I just want to play music. And it was a total, that total moment of like, wow, this, this is actually something that like, I, I've never felt that before. You know what I mean? So I think that was the big, the big defining moment for me at, at such a young age. It just really opened the doors up. Yeah. Because they kind of fulfill similar things. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never really played any sports. I'm like pretty terrible. But um, <laughs> I imagine if you're like on the field and people are cheering for you, that's obviously like a very nice feeling. And the same thing with being on stage, right? They fulfill maybe similar like desires that we all, all kind of want. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it different? Uh, you, know, I, Do you find it different? I, I, I thought I, for, for me it was different because, hmm. you know, baseball was such a, it's such a team effort. And I loved baseball, man. I loved it growing up, but being reliant on yourself and, and like, yo, I'm up there with like one other person. Maybe I'm up there by myself and I'm like strumming a guitar and singing and I'm like singing real high up, you know, I'm <laughs> so young. Uh, you, I think you're a little more vulnerable. Um, and I th- think there's, uh, you know, to each their own, I think they're different, but, uh, there was definitely something resonated with me that, that day. And I remember like my dad was there and he was like, how was it? And I was like, I'm quitting baseball. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Get me all the guitars, man. And it was really just like, I shifted right away. But yeah, def- definitely a captivating feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can imagine. So definitely. When you speak to that vulnerability, um, for example, it is, it is like a hard thing to do, right. To go up on stage and, and like, and because you do bear yourself a bit, right. Not only, you know, the music that you're playing and singing, but like just your talent as well, I suppose. You're like saying, everyone look at me um, and kind of yeah. you know, playing and you're being judged obviously, because people are looking at you and, you know, seeing how you're doing. Um, yeah. So as vulnerable and like maybe nerve wracking as that is, why do you think, I mean, for you, but just musicians in general, like what, like what is it that spurs you to, you know, kind of put yourself through that almost because it must be like pretty nerve wracking, right? Through why do we put ourselves through the torture? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man, there's an undescribable feeling when when it clicks. You know, uh, when when if you're either by yourself or you're with a band, uh, it's it's a way of expressing yourself. 
and when you can connect with people and when you can reach people. And I think that's with, with just arts in general or any way of expressing yourself when, when one person or a hundred people, you know, can, can relate and, and, you know, uh, connect on that. I, that's, that's why I do it. You know, I, I, I think for me, it's, there's just some, there's something that keeps dragging me back and it's, it's just that feeling, man. It's, it sounds silly, but, uh, it's just kind of how it is. Yeah, no, not at all. Actually, it doesn't sound silly at all because I imagine the the rush is like yeah, incredible. You know, obviously with story so far, you guys started playing progressively bigger and bigger crowds, and you know, ending up playing some like obviously like you know very big band playing some massive shows. Um, speaking slightly to that, you joined the band pretty much uh, right. You know, kind of things as were peaking right with uh, under soil and dirt. That was, I guess, the big breakthrough that everyone kind of knew the band for at the time um how how was that like how did you come to to join the guys and um how did that kind of start for you yeah so kind of dialing it back i in in seventh grade in middle school i met kellen uh the bass player and we started he was in a band and we he he had me join that band you know and then I got kicked out because I didn't do my homework, so I couldn't rehearse. I forget what happened. And then, you know, a couple of years went by. I went to a different high school and we kind of, you know, didn't really keep in touch. And then I met Parker at uh, at a high school event. He was wearing, you know, some kind of hardcore band T-shirt. And, hey, cool shirt, bro. You know, and next thing you know, he's like, come to, come, come to my friend's house. You know, we're, we're having band practice. Uh and so I went, ran into Kellen, and we're like, hey, I, I know you. And they were playing shows, and they had a member, Kevin Ambrose, who's now I'm in a band with him in Cold Moon, oddly enough. Uh, he was he was the other guitar player, and he he had a tough time playing gigs far away from home. And like, you know, 25, 30 miles was like too far. Uh, so I would just fill in. And then I was like, Hey, you guys need shirts printed. Let's figure that out. Hey, you need someone to drive. I, I got a car. I can do that. You know, over time, some things shifted and a space opened up for me in the band. I jumped on the opportunity and we got working, you know, even when I wasn't in the band, we would do little short runs you know go up to seattle and back go to san diego and back and i was always just there just kind of being that guy and you know and then i joined they asked me to join and we started writing a record yeah that's cool man so i didn't realize that uh you like, obviously you had these connections going that far back um yeah that's cool like just kind of as you, you were kind of already a touring member i suppose if you were playing these kind early of, shows and then yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, things just kind of happened so fluidly and we kind of just felt this like momentum being carried and we kind of felt that there was something cool going on. And regardless of that, we were just following, we were chasing that feeling. You know what I mean? We were chasing that like, oh, dude, well, last weekend, like 12 people came, just came to the gig and sang along. All right. Well, man, the next time there's like 15 or 20 and it just kind of slowly, slowly started to to get more exciting so what was the story of you initially getting picked up to write 
that first record then? Because you know, with the how big were the shows in those kind of early days compared to? I mean, obviously after the record came out, that's when things yeah. kind of exploded. So, what what was the story behind writing the first one? So it it was man, it's it's super funny looking back on all this. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Uh, there, there's some age gaps to to kind of compensate for. So when when we started writing under soil and dirt, I was starting my second year in college. So I was like 19 or 20 years old. Kevin and Parker were just out of high school, so they're 18 or 19. Kellen's 19 or 20, and then Ryan, our drummer, was you know starting his senior year in high school, um, and so we kind of went into it with this, like, all right, let's, let's just write a record. All we wanted to do was write a full length record. That was the only like goal. It was the only accomplishment we were, we were hoping to achieve. Uh, we were so inspired by bands like such gold and transit and this time next year and set your goals who had put crafted these full lengths wasn't just EPs anymore. And they weren't just local bands. They were like crafting records and they were, going on tour and so oddly enough ryan was like committed to college so he was like i'm gonna finish my senior year i want to write and record this record but like i'm gonna be hella real with y'all after that i'm gonna go and go to college so we we kind of went into it just like balls to the wall if this is it we're gonna make it as as great as we can because this is our only chance kind of thing that's how we felt uh, at the time Parker was living down in the South. Kellen was living like an hour away. And we were like sending voice, we were emailing voice memos to each other of like, here's this quick little riff I wrote last night. And the three of us, me, Kevin and Ryan were still in Walnut Creek. We would kind of get together every night or, you know, every other night and kind of craft some songs together. And then sure enough, you know, we went to go and record and we recorded it after work you know, start at like 7 p.m., go till midnight or 3 a.m., go home, go to go to go back to school the next morning or ditch school, for the, <laughs> which was mostly the case. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up college dropout. It was, yeah. it, was, it was a time of my life, man. Um, and then, you know, Kellen would come in and we have drums, guitars pretty much done. And Kellen would go and slap his bass tracks down. And he would go back to college. He was, he was in the same position as Ryan. He was like, I'm, I'm going to do college. I'm like, all right, cool. We're, we're, we're just, we just want to make a record, man. That's all we wanted to do. Uh, and then Parker would come up. We, maybe we had heard like the quicksand demo. Like I still have a snippet of him playing acoustic guitar, singing the quicksand demo. And that, that was the only lyric or melody that we had. <laughs> and he just laid down all of his vocals in like, I don't know, a week. And that was it. Record was done. You know, it was very, very simple. Like one guitar, or like one lead guitar, one rhythm, bass, drums. There, we weren't doubling shit. We weren't like adding synths and shit. We didn't know how to do any of that stuff yet. Um, so it was very uh, pure, I guess. Yeah. For sure, man. There is that at the beginning. There is that kind of DIY mindset with all those kind of bands you mentioned, like Transit, etc. Mm-hmm. That's it's just like pure garage rock that just kind of got to, it just took some dedicated guys to like actually write some good songs and take it to that next Mm -hmm. level, which is, you know, by the sounds of it, what kind of happened with, with you guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
But so things happened kind of very, well, I don't know if it seemed quick to you, but it seems quite quick to me that, you know, 2011, you put out that first record, then in the, you know, three years, you're like playing warp Tour, like <laughs> on the main stage. Like that's a pretty that quick shit. development, that right? Sh- that shit was crazy, man. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was, it was fast. Um, yeah. And looking back on it, it's just like, wow, that was a lot quicker than I thought. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a blur. So how was it to yes. see after that initial first record, you know, you guys get more and more support? Was there a was there a moment when you thought, okay, this is, I have like now made it as I can make my living full time as a musician? I would say it was like way later that we realized. Later than that, right? Okay. Later than that. maybe Maybe after the second record where we were like, all right, this isn't just like a spur of the moment thing. We have some serious momentum. I mean, cause we were still, you know, we're still opening tours. We, we did like a U.S. tour to support under Soylander and we were like opening for like a hundred and 150 bucks a night. Um, <laughs> Seems crazy considering the amount of pull that you must have generated but you just like you don't give a shit man all we wanted to do was see the country you just wanted to do it and that was that was another like goal of like we we want to have a record we want to make it to the east coast and back we didn't give a we didn't give a shit man we really like and we didn't care about being good we didn't care about like impressing anybody we just wanted to have fun and do it with our friends I would say after the second record and maybe that like second warp tour, maybe even like that late where we, it was like, Oh, wow. We, we toured a lot this year and my bank account is, is kind of okay right now. What the fuck's happening? And then it's like, okay, time to make another record. And you're like, Oh, okay. So I guess this is my job. Um, but I didn't really accept the job part, you know, that <laughs> word f- right, right. up until recently. I hated calling it that. Yeah, I mean, you know, wh- whatever the semantics are, job, living, you know, this is the kind of thing you do to live in a house and generate revenue for yourself, I suppose, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure, man. Well, you know, some people say if you, you know, love what you do, it's not a job, it's kind of just <laughs> what you do, right? Um, it's just living, yeah. Yeah, not to imply that it's not difficult, of course, because, you know, being in a band is no cakewalk. Um, yeah, so I suppose you guys kind of hit that resurgence of, you know, what was pop punk in the 2010s, you know, that, that kind of era. Um, What do you suppose set you apart from kind of your other contemporaries who were kind of doing the same thing at the same point as you? Could you, could you point to something different that you guys did at the time? It's a hard thing to answer. Right. Because it's, yeah. (laughs) At the time, you don't really know what you're doing differently. Yeah, man. We just did what felt, natural to us yeah we we that was like one thing and we still to this day kind of stick with it's like you know whatever my gut is telling me that's what i'm gonna do and i think we kind of had this like we felt like the little brother of of some like local bands like you know i mentioned set your goals earlier and this time next year and we always wanted to achieve what they had accomplished we we just always focus on the music and I'm not saying that those guys didn't, but there was a lot of like sponsors and this and that. We were like, well, what about the songs, man? Like, what what about the music? And uh, I think the biggest thing was that we didn't care about like, you know, getting guitar sponsors or clothing or like, you know, doing AP tours or like doing warp Tour. We were just like, well, 
are we going to, at a certain point, our mindset switched to like, well, do we sound good? Are, are we, imp- are we like a respectable band on these tours? Like, are, are we just like, is this just bullshit? Yeah. I think the biggest thing was that we really just wanted to write good, honest songs. Uh, and that was our motivation. And I'm not saying that these other bands aren't writing honest songs and not doing what comes naturally to them. I, I fully believe that they are. I think that was just, it just worked for us and it still does to this day. Um, the motivation is just like, you know, does this have a lasting value? Am I going to want to play this in 10 years? Am I going to want to listen to this in 10 years? Uh, and yeah, there was a little bit of that. Of course, man. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, yeah, of course you want to, you want to be able to stand by your work and say, you know, I enjoy what I did and I think this is good, you know, um, definitely yeah. uh, not to say that you can't, you, your taste can't evolve and stuff. And, you know, on that note, um, I suppose there has been like an evolution in, in the sound of the records for sure. Like, you know, all, all bands evolve in some way or another and try yeah. new things. You kind of have to. So, um, you know, could you speak to a bit about the evolution of, of the story so far specifically, you know, uh, what, what's changed for the band as, as time's gone on? I mean, we've all changed as people. We've all kind of grown on the road. Um, and, you know, you, you're exposed to different music, you're exposed to different cultures, uh, your relationships get tougher, you know, as you get older and you're living on the road, I think life continues to happen and you kind of don't really understand that. You get home and all your mates have, you know, big boy jobs or starting families, um, getting married, all that kind of shit. You know, there's, there's weddings and there's funerals and you're kind of just gone doing your thing and I think that has a lot to play into some like motivation for songwriting. Um, I mean, as far as just the sound changes, you know, we never wanted to write the same song or write the same record twice. We were always really trying to push uh, our sound. And I think, uh, you know, I think our drummer, Ryan, and Kevin, everyone, Parker and Kellen, everyone really, uh, I mean, they take their crafts very, very seriously. Um, and it was cool that this is the job that we've been, you know, gifted to, to do, but we're still going to take it very seriously and, and better our craft. And I think that had a lot to play into the evolution of, of our sound was like, everyone was pushing what they were capable of doing. You know, Ryan's an incredible drummer, but he's also an incredible songwriter who can like play piano better than a lot of people that I know. And, and then he starts playing guitar and, you know, he's buying synths and and all that kind of stuff. And same with Kev, just like, Oh, guitar's cool, but I'm going to shift to this other instrument. And that kind of becomes a little contagious you know, you're, you're like, oh yeah, like I also want to do that. Um, like, that's crazy. You, you found this wild instrument one day and that's a cool sound. I've never heard that. Let's try and implement it into what we do. Um, so yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I, with the songwriting, I suppose, is that, you know, I mean, just specifically as an example, I think uh, Proper Dose, which was the last full length that the story so far puts out, that's it's kind of more complex, more layered. There's more kind of stuff going on than like the early days, which I think is a natural evolution of stuff, right? So mm-hmm. are those ideas, do, you, do they, are they kind of generated in a like a collaborative kind of 
uh, frame orders, you know, there's like Parker, for example, or someone come in and say like, hey, I want to do like a song about this today. And then you guys kind of add to it. So what, what's like the songwriting process like? Um, well, Proper Dose was a little different than any other record that we've gone into write. Uh, you know, there's always like the demo phase where somebody comes up with the meat and potatoes of the song, just like the, the foundation. Uh, so there was a lot of demos. Um, and I felt like we kind of got the, the classic story so far songs pretty early in, in the writing process. Um, and then we hit a wall. <laughs> we were just like, uh, these aren't working. Like we're not inspired by them. We're not, we're just not feeling them. And then Ryan comes out with this keyboard song and which was upside down. And I was like, Whoa, okay. Like we don't have a song that sounds like this. Cool. Let's, let's just kind of, let's just kind of go with that. So it, it kind of feels like whenever somebody feels confident enough with an idea, they then present it and it could either click right away or it could take two weeks. Maybe it could take six months to, uh, for someone, for the rest of us to kind of, you know, wrap our heads around it and, and get behind it. Um, but that was a lot of like, a lot of trial and error for, for, for proper dose. Um, and man, that's the process sometimes. You just, you just got to go through it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I was was going to just mention that um, you've never seemed shy of wanting to mix things up and, you know, like even revisit old songs, you know, there's the songs of EP and like there's acoustic arrangements of songs on that that I think are like, like drastically different to the to the original and like yeah, yeah. They, but they but they sound great right they're not just like a guy strumming an acoustic guitar and saying this is the acoustic version right there's actual thought that's gone into it that was the the intention of that was like yeah like we could just like because i've heard those demos of or those versions of songs where i'm listening to it and i'm like they literally just stripped the electric guitar and bass <laughs> kept the drums from the original recording and somebody just played acoustic over it. and it's the same vocal take. It's like, all right, let's, let's, yeah, let's maybe reimagine it. Um, and that was, that was super fun to do and it was challenging. And that's probably why we haven't t done anything else like that is it's not just show up and it's like, well, I know how to play that song. It's like, dude, we have to rearrange the whole fucking thing. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, definitely like um, something challenging and, and different for you to actually take on. And, you know, personally, I think they, they came out pretty good. So like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it, it's worth it. It pushes everybody yeah, and it kind sure. of expands everybody's um, abilities for sure. Okay, man. Yeah. That's excellent. Thanks. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about cold moon, which is kind of a, you know, I don't want to call it a side project. It's a, another project that you're doing concurrently alongside. Um, so you play bass in that. Uh, so how did that come about? How did you kind of start with that? So the drummer Mike uh, is is a friend, and we were probably drinking beers one day, and he said, "Oh, I, you know, I've been jamming with Kev uh, and and his friend Jack. We need a bass player." you know, to come and record. And they had written all of these songs. This was probably like four years ago now. And I said, oh, fuck, I'm not doing anything. I'd love to, I'd love to play bass in a band. That sounds like a great time. 
you guys are all kick-ass musicians. Why not? So it just kind of happened like that where we, I recorded bass and that was kind of a, <laughs> that was it. And then just turned into like, Hey, let's like write a record. Let's just kind of jam. And no one ever really took it seriously other than the songwriting itself of like, Hey, we don't have to play shows. Everyone's kind of got either a full-time job or I'm touring or whatever, but we all love making music so much. Let's just take the pressure out of this of relying on it, paying on our bills and that expectation that it will and just have fun and, and be creative and everyone gets a voice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, man, it's been a blast doing that, that, that band. It's super fun. You know, you said you're kind of just songwriting for fun and, you know, there's the kind of the pressure is off you uh, a little bit. Um, does that, do you think help with the creativity uh, when it comes to that project? And, you know, do you, do you approach kind of both, both groups differently uh, from a, from a creative standpoint? Mm, naturally. Yeah. I kind of have to like shift mindsets. I mean, one is like, I can fuck around when I'm open tuning on guitar and record that and send it to the Coldman guys and be like, yep, sure. We don't, we don't have a definitive sound. It doesn't really matter. Um, so the kind of opportunities are just kind of always endless there with stories so far. It's, you know, unfortunately it, we, we sometimes feel a little cornered or, or pigeonholed, I guess of like, can't go too deep into the deep end you kind of have to walk your way in you can't just dive right in uh so it's something there there is like a little bit of a mindset of like can i hear parker sing on this yeah fuck yeah i can all right i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep tapping into that and if i can't really sense it Sometimes it works too. Sometimes there are riffs where he, he hears and goes, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, let's, let's throw that in the demo basket. Um, but I think naturally, you know, I play guitar in one, I play bass in the other. I think my, my mindset is different for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's only natural. Yeah. I, you know, not wanting to put words in your mouth about the pigeonholing thing, um, obviously, because, you know, you don't want to, you have a bad time in that band or whatever, but you know, is there, you know, is there kind of a sense that you'd, you would want to take story so far in a different direction? Like if, if you were given that, you know, unlimited creative um, kind of framework to work within. Yeah. You know, I think there is, there is like a blessing and a curse to that, uh, that I don't want it limitation, Yeah. you know, cause sometimes if, man, if, if, if you get a little too crazy, doesn't mean it's always going to work uh so i think having some kind of boundary helps uh with story so far but man who the fuck who knows man you know uh it helps me i kind of know what could work what couldn't work i guess is kind of what i'm trying to say um yeah 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 we'll stick with that yeah of course man <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a tough thing to answer yeah. um yeah because man i you know, I would love to throw just random shit and be like, yeah, it works, man. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, we're, you're running a business. And I hate to say that. No. Yeah. There is that but, element, right? And but there's, there is that element. And I think it helps. There's like a natural weeding, weeding process for us of like things click, things don't. Um, so the more you can kind of 
keep in that line, you know, the, the better off the songs could, could actually be, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, that's not to say there is no room for creative growth within that band. Like, of course there is, like, there, you know, definitely is, like, you know, yeah. as you oh. guys have already shown. Um, so, and yeah. I think that's the challenge, too, is, like, I how how do I honestly express myself without getting too wild, but I have to keep within this certain thing? You know, it's it's a challenge. And I think that's, it's, it's cool. Um to kind of accept that a little bit because if there were no limits <laughs> you'd probably you know who knows what our next record or our previous records would ever sound like you know what i mean if, if there was no one telling you no it'd be a <laughs> long ass record bro <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 there is yeah maybe maybe it, some boundaries are useful and helpful. you, you kind of need it sometimes you know right. <laughs> it, it's definitely helpful yeah Okay, for sure, man. Yeah, that's you know that's that's the flip side. That's that's a good way of looking at it, man. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with regards to uh, you know, this can relate to Cold Moon or not. Um. Or it could just be your own personal kind of life. You know, what have you um been listening to uh recently? Is there anything you've kind of got back into? Anything you've rediscovered, or perhaps something new you've discovered? Mm. Uh, music wise, <laughs> I should say. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I've been listening to a lot of jazz like uh, a lot of Miles Davis, there's, there's like a lot of good record stores uh, in, in my neighborhood and I'll just go and kind of sift through and just grab a few that I think are cool. And a lot of Eddie Harris, I really like him, uh, Thelonious Monk. I know those are all like really stock names, but I'm just kind of diving into it. Uh, and then aside from that, like within the, if I check my Spotify now, the last like week is like, Title Fight, The Cure, uh, Flock of Seagulls, uh, fucking Blink-182. Like, it's, you know, it's it's nothing crazy, man. Uh, I, I've been trying, instead of listening to singles, like, get into records, which which is because I, I, I love listening to vinyl. So it's kind of helps having Spotify of, like, like, I've never really listened to The Cure in depth. And I'm like, well these songs are huge. I want to know what the rest of the songs are on the record and, and you know, why there's, there's always going to be a deep cut that I like more than the single. Um, so that's kind of been my, my listening uh, approach lately, but with quarantine and just kind of being uh, stationed, uh, I don't listen to a ton of music right now. I'll, I'll go on walks and I'll leave my phone at home and just kind of not have anything going on. Just, give give my ears a break <laughs> yeah has it been um you know if you obviously you know you can take a break from music of course like maybe it's mm -hmm. maybe it's nice to do that but have you been struck by uh, you know any inspiration has there been a moment where you've been strumming and you've been like oh this would make like a good song for kind of either project or you know anything else yeah i mean yeah i think with all the all the downtime i've like felt really inspired to uh just work on the work on my craft, just get better at demoing, get, you know, I'm trying to teach myself piano. I've never played piano in my life, but there's always been a piano in my home and I never just sat down and played it. So there's that. I dealt with a lot of like insecurities being that, and this is just like my personal stuff. And it was never, this is only my point of view of it is I'm in a band with some really really talented people man like those guys are really really good songwriters 
And I just was like, oh, I'll never write what they write. And I, one day I was like, yeah, no shit. I'm not them. And I finally like kind of accepted of like, all right, well, I can write what I can write. And I, as long as I am confident in it and I'm good at it, then the rest will work itself out. Uh, so I've really been trying to, to kind of convince myself that, tell myself that to just like, yo, keep working, just keep being inspired. Yeah, it, it's true, man. Like, obviously, like, it's hard to separate songwriting from playing an instrument, but like, yeah. they, are, they are two different things, right? Like, it's a different thing they're, to like, they're... okay, I put my finger here and I play this note and get really good at this. But mm-hmm. like, the actual songwriting process, like, that is something you just like just needs to practice. Like, it's different to playing, right? It, yeah. And some days, dude, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if you write music or at all. I, uh, I, well, this is, I have this thing I play, I play guitar and piano and stuff, but I, I've never written a song. Like I just, I don't have that drive to do it. Or I don't feel like yeah. I have anything interesting to say, but you know, enough about me, but, but I've always <laughs> seen that the, the, the two things are very separate in my mind. They're very, very different. And I naturally gravitate towards like, I hear a song and I instantly go, how the hell are they playing that? I'm going to learn how they play that. And that's how my brain functions. That's how I like get motivated to play guitar. But from that, I've tried to uh, take advantage of like, oh, you just learn these four new ways to play G. All right. Well, then later that evening, I'm doodling on the guitar and something kind of clicks. And, you know, sometimes you can write a song in 10 minutes Sometimes you you have a riff that has been around for like four years and you just then, you know, all this time later kind of tap back into it and finish it. Um, yeah, I think I, I really enjoy trying to break down like what what other bands are writing, you know, that that whole thing and listening to like Pink Floyd or George Harrison and that kind of stuff. And I'm like. God, they make it so fucking simple sometimes. <laughs> and it is, that's the thing. It is really simple sometimes, but making it simple and, and listenable are, is really, really difficult. Um, so I just kind of strive for that, I guess. Of course, man. Yeah. With the, with the songwriting greats, there is this like razor wire. It's like this thin between sounding mm-hmm. like this is the simplest thing I've ever heard. And this is also like the most interesting thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, it, it's like very, very hard to do. So like, yeah, I think, for sure, man. Just just keep doing it, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's all you can do, right? Yeah, and if and if any of those songs ever make the light of day, cool. And if they don't, cool. I, I do it. I do it because it's it's my process, and it's you know, it's just a way of expressing myself, I guess. Of course, man. Yeah, that's what that's what the music's all about, right? It's, it's about expression. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, excellent, man. Um, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Um, so uh, with that, you know the songwriting uh or it could be not about songwriting actually but do you have any any projects musical or as, as i say non-musical um that are kind of coming up that you uh would like to share with us or tell us about uh yeah my other band cold moon we spent you know chunks of last year recording during all the uh the quarantine stuff and we did our best to safely finish recording a record that took a long time, but uh, there's really no rush on anything right now. So we were like really stoked to have kind of some time to, to revisit stuff, but yeah, we'll, we'll have a record out in the spring. We hope of okay. this year. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be with, with pure noise. Uh, and for the most part, man, I'm just, you know, 
fucking around on guitars and just kind of like repairing stuff here and there and taking photos and, and trying to like learn how to, de- to, to develop film and just, just little things, just trying to be self-sufficient, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to use the time wisely. It's very tempting to do nothing though. I like so, It's yeah. very tempting to do absolutely <laughs> nothing and uh, trying to take advantage of all this time off. Uh, you know, see my family as much as I can because been gone for 10 years. So uh, now that I'm home, I like to see them when I can. Yeah. Yeah. So could you speak to the, you know, you, you said there's the record coming out in spring. So mm-hmm. I mean, what was the, what was the writing process like for that? Because I imagine a lot of that, did that kind of happen mainly? I mean, it's been like a year and a half now or whatever, this whole lockdown thing. So how was the process and the, how did you find recording? And writing. Uh, so we started recording with the mindset that it was going to be like three songs or two songs back in October of 2019, actually. Uh, so we, we booked time, we recorded these songs, went on like a week long tour. We just kept writing songs. The group chat was like, hey, here's a song. Oh, here's a song I wrote. Hey, here's another song. Uh, and we're like, well, fuck, why don't we just make a full length? Um, and we kind of worked around everyone's schedule a little bit of like, oh, well, we have, you know, the schedule has two days open in two weeks. Let's let's start working towards that. And so we would break up these sessions rather than doing all the drums at once and then all the bass and then all the guitars. Each song is live in a room recorded to tape. So we really spent a lot of time preparing these songs. So that was a different approach and and not to say that story so far doesn't prepare songs as best as they can, but a lot of it is like, you know, the drums go this way uh, as I'm tracking guitar and story. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. The drums are like this. Yeah. 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 The drums are like, that. okay, cool. Let, let me switch up the rhythm a little bit. Whereas like with cold moon and recording with, with Jack Shirley, I don't really get the opportunity to go back and edit a whole lot. I got to be locked. We all have to be locked in as a group. And so, writing was very much like writing in a room together then recording in a room together and then go and do overdubs afterwards um and as each session would end somebody would write another song and it was like oh let's add this one to it all right cool and i thought we were straight up done and like we had everything booked we were like gonna start, you know, the mixing and mastering process, and then one last song, and it's like, all right, sick, all right? We're capping it here, <laughs> nine songs, that's it. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of how it all just came together. It was very, very fun and just like stress free. Of like, oh yeah, you want your song on the record? Well, fuck yeah, man, let's get it on the record. That sounds cool. We'll all work, and and we all worked on lyrics and melody and and harmonies together. Uh, where story so far, uh, that's just not how it works. It's just not, that's not how, that's not how they're written. So this was, this was a cool new opportunity for myself to be a little bit more involved with all that. And, and like, I felt like writing lyrics. So I wrote a few lyrics and Hey, you want to sing? Sounds great. I'll, I'll try and sing some harmonies. Um, and so we spent, a lot of nights just sitting there with like a microphone and everyone trying out harmonies and sounding really bad. And it was very, <laughs> it was very humbling uh, to just like, 
man, it, it brought you, it brought me back. I don't, I don't know about the rest of the guys, but it definitely brought me back to like, you know, the, the after school jam session of just like dicking around, having fun, drinking a couple beers and, and just, just jamming. And that's kind of what the whole band is really all about for, for us. It's just trying to have fun and, and write good songs. Yeah, that's amazing, man. It's, it's it's great that you can recapture that kind of feeling, you know, because obviously you play kind of big shows for so long, maybe you kind of get into the same routine. But, you know, if this is kind of taking you back to another time in your life, that's, yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, And it's just like an, a wild full circle moment of like being in a band with with the guy that I replaced at some point, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really it's really special, man. It's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that because I've heard the, you know, the singles, the EPs that, that Coleman has put out and I like the vibe, but, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole the sound, but it's more of that kind of like uh, indie-ish American football is the closest thing in my memory banks that I could compare it to. Yeah. So I really love that stuff. So We'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah, comparison, we'll, 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 I will we'll say, right? That's, but, yeah, that's a good that's, band to be compared to. <laughs> that kind of sound is a... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's... That's all I had for you um, today, man. Just thank cool, you so man. much for coming and chatting. And um, yeah, looking oh, forward thanks to thanks for your interest. <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> thanks, yeah, man. Like, yeah, story so far is like a big band for me and my buds who do this. So like, yeah. It's <laughs> well, real great. well, thank you for your guys' support. And uh, maybe one day we'll <laughs> get back over there soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, this is what <laughs> I've been saying to everyone I talk to. I'm like. So don't put a date on it, but like, when maybe do you think you'd be coming back? And it's like, you know, maybe autumn this year, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't think about it. I just, man, it's so out of my control. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You could drive yourself mad. So a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So best just to ignore it for now and see what happens. That's, I think that's yeah. everyone's kind of approach. Just got to keep working and yep. keep being nice to people. Absolutely, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, lot Absolutely. Of, a lot of mean people out there. Everyone <laughs> be nice. So. <laughs> that's a good philosophy, man. I like that. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you once again, man. I hope you have a safe and peaceful uh, rest of this time, rest of this lockdown, man. Hope hope everyone you know and love stay safe. And uh, Likewise, man. Looking forward to hearing the new record and uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, cheers, Theo. Cheers, Appreciate man. it, man. Cheers, Will. Enjoy the rest of your day, dude. Take care. Thanks, man. You too. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya.